Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. My guest this week is best-selling author, podcaster, and brain trainer to the stars, Jim Quick. Now, if you don't know who Jim Quick is, pause this, I'll forgive you, and go Google him. Jim has a really cool story. Turning a brain injury as a child into a life spent learning about the brain and teaching others how to make the most of their own. Now, I've gotten a lot out of his book because I've read it twice, I've tabbed it, and I've got a lot of notes. The book is called Limitless. Go pick it up, listen in. It was awesome having him here. I asked a few questions. He has a lot to say. This guy is absolutely amazing. Welcome to Brilliant Thoughts, a success podcast. And today we've got Jim Quick. Jim, welcome to the show, man. Tristan, thank you so much for having me on this show to talk about success and the, the, the power of the human mind. Well, you are everywhere. I turn on Instagram, I turn on YouTube, <laughs> I turn on all social media and you're there. And it's awesome to see because the message that you spread is extremely important. So thank you for that. That, that means everything. I th- and I want to thank everybody who's joining us, who's listening to this conversation about accessing more of your genius and uh, how you could get more out of life, more peace, more productivity, more performance, more profitability by upgrading the most important technology. And no, it's not your phone and it's not your apps. <laughs> it is the human brain. So I'm looking forward to geeking out with everybody. Dude, I, I love that. Well, let's get right into it, man. So I've got some questions for you. I read your book, by the way, if you haven't picked up Jim Quick's book, it's called Limitless and it's more like a manual. So you'll have to go back to it a few times. You'll tab it, you'll write in it. And it's probably going to stick with you for a while. So thank you for writing that. I know it, it, you put a lot of heart and soul into it and it shows, man. So thank you for that. So here as an entrepreneur and people listening in as solopreneurs, they, they typically ask themselves questions as they're getting into this whole new world, right? Not a lot of manuals out there for that, but sometimes they focus on the wrong things. Like you hear the whole hustle culture, you hear about just work, 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 and you'll get there. And they skip taking care of their minds, taking care of their bodies, their spirit, their emotions. What questions should they be asking themselves as they begin to grow as a solopreneur or entrepreneur? Mm. I do believe that self-care is not selfish and I have an incredible respect for entrepreneurs and those are the individuals that are moving the economy they're creating jobs, they're solving problems. For me, entrepreneurs are really the modern day superheroes, you know, capes are, are optional and uh, entrepreneurs also, they're the ones that invest in themselves. They're the ones that realize in order for their their bank account, their business, their brand to grow, that they need to grow. And especially their their brain needs to grow. And I believe our, our brains are the number one wealth building asset that we have. And uh, the faster you can learn, the faster you could earn. Because today, knowledge is not only power, knowledge is profit. 
And uh, I don't just mean financial profit, that's kind of obvious, but I mean all the treasures in our life. And so we can't give what we don't have. And just a reminder to all our entrepreneurs is that uh, your ability to learn rapidly and translate that learning into action is the ultimate competitive advantage. You as an individual, or you, or maybe it's your team, if you have a team, your ability to access information, process it, apply it, is an incredible competitive advantage. It really is a superpower. In fact, if knowledge is power, learning is your superpower. And what does this have to do with the brain, right? Your brain is the number one adaptation machine out there in the known universe. And it doesn't come with that owner's manual, and that's why I wrote the book. Coming back to self-care, I believe that you can't be your best if you have brain fog, if you have mental fatigue, if you're easily distracted, if you are overloaded, if you're uh, overwhelmed, right? And a lot of entrepreneurs were facing these uh, these battles with uh, driven and amplified by technology. The first one is uh, I talk about is digital deluge. Too much information, too little time. I mean, how many people who are listening to this, you feel like you're taking a sip of water out of a fire hose and you're drowning in information. You go out there and buy books, but these books stay on your, on your bookshelf and they become shelf help and not real self-help, right? You're, you're drowning in emails and social media messages. And it's like we're drowning in information and we weren't probably the reason is we, we weren't taught how to really swim or to surf or to paddleboard or to kayak or whatever, however you want to extend it because we are not taught how to learn. School taught us what to learn, but there were zero classes on how to learn. You know, they had classes like uh, math, history, science, Spanish, important classes on what to learn, but where was the classes on how to focus, how to read faster, how to remember more, how to uh, solve problems, make decisions, uh, critical thinking, and that's why you know, the nature of my work is all about teaching people how to unleash these modern day superpowers. So what does it require? It requires a good a good night's sleep. You and I were talk, chatting about that before we started uh, to record, you know, because if you don't sleep well, how's your ability to focus, concentrate, make good decisions, solve problems, uh, be light on your feet if, if you can't be able to process that. Um, it requires a good brain diet. We talk about certain foods that are good for the brain. And uh, here's the thing. We know that one third of our brain's potential is predetermined by genetics and biology, but two thirds is in our control. And there's certain things that all entrepreneurs could do to access more of that power. And so good brain diet, uh, exercise, obviously, as your body moves, your brain grooves. But, and I'm not just talking about doing Pilates or CrossFit three times a week. I'm talking about how much are you moving throughout the day? They say sitting is a new smoking. And if entrepreneurs are working remotely or we're behind screens all day, you know, we're not getting the, the exercise. And the reason why it's important is, is when you move, you create brain-derived neurotropic factors, BDNF, which is like fertilizer for neuroplasticity that allows us to make new connections. Um, and that's what entrepreneurs are constantly doing, connecting new information, um, innovating, uh, connecting with new, you know, new people also as well. So all these things are, are extremely important. Um, stress management. We know that chronic stress has been shown to actually shrink the human brain. Uh, when you're always uh, creating cortisol and adrenaline, it puts you in a fight, flight, or freeze. 
But as an entrepreneur, you don't want to be, you know, in flight or freezing on, on, on the regular. And so what are you doing to, to mitigate that stress? So all of this matters. Everyone wants to know, like, what's the one thing I could do to improve my memory or my focus? And there's not just one thing. You know, this is all about uh, whole brain learning, whole brain living. Dude, that's a, that's a very good answer. So then if it's, if it's this wholeness, what do we do? Where do we start with this? What's the simplest thing we can do today to say, hey, this is yeah. where I'm going to, this is what I'm going to apply today and do this. Yeah. And I, w- I would recommend people ask three questions whenever you want to learn, because even though we hear it all the time, there's this lie that, that is kind of ingrained in, in maybe like a splinter in our mind that says knowledge is power. And the truth is knowledge by itself at best it's potential power only this power when we when we apply when we utilize it when we take action on it the truth is all podcasts books online coaching uh none of it works unless we work it and uh so where to start i would start by asking these three questions i would start by asking and getting obsessed with these three questions and this is the way to turn knowledge and turn it into real power and profit number one how can i use this when i'm reading a book when i'm talking to somebody when i'm listening to a podcast I'm asking, how can I use this? How can I apply this? That's number one. I start getting all these answers. Second question is, why must I use this? Why must I use this? Because a lot of people know what to do, but they they do not do what they know. Because common sense is not common practice. And so asking yourself why is so important because now it goes from your head to your heart. And that heart is the fuel, emotions, the energy of motion. Because we are not... You know, we are not logical. We are biological. You think about dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. We are this chemical soup that creates these emotions that move us to action. So you could visualize things in your head, but if you're not acting with your hands, check in with the second age, which is your heart, the feeling and the fuel. And that's really H cubed, head, heart, hands. When those three things are aligned, you could turn things into real power. And then the third question besides how can I use this? Why must I use this? Having reasons, right? Um, We're all familiar with Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. Uh, You know, going back to the purpose and the drive. um, Reasons reap results. Reasons reap results. If you don't have a reason to remember someone's name, you're not going to remember the name. If you don't have a reason to learn something or apply it, you're not going to be able to learn it or apply it. And then finally, the third question is, when will I use this? When will I use this? I think one of the most important, the number one productivity performance tool we have is our personal calendar. You know, and in there you put doctor's appointments, meetings with investors, parent-teacher gatherings, but when's the last time you scheduled your, your personal growth? When's the last time you scheduled your reading, you know, for instance? And I find that people, could, the day could slip by because we are all human and then you won't work out or you didn't get a chance to meditate or you didn't get to do the things that you know are important to sustain your success. You know, if you're persistent, you could achieve it. But if you're consistent, you get to keep it. If you're persistent, you get to, you could achieve it, certainly. But it might not be sustainable over time if you're sacrificing your sleep or your diet or, you know, or your stress or your family and so on. And so what can you be doing be it consistently? Because little by little, a little becomes a lot. 
because inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's way too hard. But consistency compounds. So I would start by asking three questions for everybody. How can I use this? Why must I use this? When will I use this? So if we talk about how to remember names, where are all the opportunities for me to use this? Why must I use this? You know, because why? Because your ability to remember someone's name is the number one business etiquette networking skill there is. Because how are you going to show somebody you're going to care for their future, their finances, their home, their investment, you know, their, their wealth, their family, if you don't care enough just to remember things about them, right? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, you know, what's the message we send to somebody when we forget about them or something that's important to them? that they're not important, right? Or that we don't care. And it doesn't matter what you say after that because you've already set that first impression. Um, so those are the reasons to do something. And then finally, when will you use this? So if it's not in a schedule, I don't find that people will remember to do these things. And you could take that for whether it's remembering names or, or reading. I think uh, leaders are readers, right? You, you've heard this many times that if you've seen photographs of me on social media with Oprah, with Elon, you know, with the, you know, these individuals, we bonded over books, right? We bonded over books. And if somebody has decades of experience, you know, this, and they put it into a book, you know, maybe a book on negotiation, on investing, on real estate, on uh, crypto, on any, on any, on brain health. And you could sit down and read that book in a few days. All of a sudden you could download decades into days and that, that is the ultimate advantage in today's modern world. And so I would start by asking the right questions because questions often are the answer. Like even another question, like, is this good for my brain or is this bad for my brain? So simple, right? Is this good for my brain? Is, is what I'm watching or eating or the people I'm with, right? Is this good for my brain staying up uh, tonight and not, not getting uh, binge watching this? Or is this, is this bad for my brain? You know, and so you start creating filters in your life and uh, so you can make better decisions. There's a quote in my book, Limitless, and the, the subtitle is upgrade your brain, learn anything faster and unlock your exceptional life. Right. So it's context. And there's a quote from a French philosopher in there. And he says, life is the C between B and D. Life is the C between B and D. What does that stand for? B stands for birth. D stands for death. Life, C stands for choice. You know, our life is the sum total of all the choices we've made up to this point. Where are we going to live? What are we going to do? Who are we going to spend time with, right? What are we going to eat? All these little micro choices. And I truly believe that these difficult times, as people perceive them, that these difficult times can define you. These difficult times can diminish you or these difficult times can develop you. Ultimately, we decide and we always have those choices. And one of the choices that people could start is just asking the right questions, right? Some of the questions that I, that I shared just now. Uh, another question is like, what's the best use of this moment? Another question is like, how can I make this better? If you start obsessing with these questions, it, it accesses a different part of your brain called the reticular activating system. You know, at any given moment, there's a billion stimuli you could pay attention to. And your brain primarily is looking to delete information, right? Because it would be overwhelmed. And what do you let in are the things you sensitize your awareness to. And part of that process is asking questions. And once you start asking that question, you start seeing these answers appear. Even with your reading, a lot of people will read a page in a book, get to the end, and then just forgot what they just read. 
and they'll go back and reread it and still forget, right? But if you if you dig deep, a lot of people aren't curious about what they're reading. They don't have an outcome. But if they had certain questions, those questions ask, they act like a magnet. They're like, oh, here's an answer, here's an answer, here's an answer, you know, as you're reading. So those are simple things that people could do by controlling your self-talk and being aware of the questions you're currently asking. You know, because if you have a question like, I don't know, how do I get people to like me? You know, if you're asking that all the time, that's going to lead you to different answers or why is this always happening to me? Yeah. You know, we have anywhere from 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And uh, a lot of those thoughts come in the form of questions and are the questions you're asking. You know, I talk about that in the book, you know, Will Smith, um, the actor, he, he does the endorsement, cover endorsement for our book. But his question that he asks all the time, you know, I call it like this dominant question is, how do I make this moment even more magical? You know, imagine asking that question all the time. How do I make this moment even more magical? And I, I remember, you know, we're shooting, uh, I help actors speed read scripts, memorize their lines quicker and confidently. And I remember we're shooting in Toronto and it was the dead of winter and it was night shoots. And, you know, it was very cold. It's not, it's anything other, it's not very glamorous at all. Right. And, you know, he, uh, his family's there, I'm there and we're just, you know, freezing outside. And during the break, he, he starts uh, making hot chocolate for everybody. And even though there's a whole crew that could do it for him, right. He starts bringing us blankets. He starts cracking jokes. He still starts telling these amazing, awesome stories, but he was living his dominant question. How do I make this moment even more magical? And you ask and, and you shall, you shall receive. But I believe the life we live are the lessons we teach. And so how can I use this? Why must I use this? When will I use this? Is this good for my brain or bad for my brain? Simple little changes can completely change your destination. Some people call it their destiny. I love that, man. I, I definitely agree with you on the questions. After I read your book, I, I looked for a dominant question for me. I was like, you know what? I always ask my son, how do you want to feel this morning? Hmm. And so he's always like happy. And I'm like, okay, me too then. <laughs> so that was really good, man. I, I really love that part about it. And you brought up a lot of things there. One thing, uh, side question here for you, calendar. So what do, you, what do you typically use and what do you recommend people use when it comes down to jotting the things that they need to do, like reading, yeah. reading, thinking, those things? The kind of things to put on your calendar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's, it's remarkable that um, this idea that first we create our habits, then our habits create us. We create our habits of meditation, of uh, good sleep hygiene, of reading each day, of moving each day, of, of expressing gratitude. And then all of a sudden these activities and these habits create us in that process. And, um, but, you know, I talk about in the book how According to Duke University, about 40% of all our behaviors each day approximately are habitual, you know, done unconsciously. And uh, when did we sit down and really designed? And so popular videos online of mine with tens of millions of views is uh, like morning routines. I'm a big believer that if uh, you want to win the day, you have to win that first hour of the day. So what can you do? And everybody has their own, their own. Tony Robbins has what he does in the morning. Oprah has hers. Tim, Tim Ferriss has his. My routine really is about getting my brain right. 
you know, getting my mind right. And so, uh, you know, obviously it starts the night before by getting a good night's sleep and we could talk about optimizing your sleep. And you know, this is something I've spent a lot of time, you know, over a decade, really deep dive into sleep science and optimizing our sleep, especially its effect on its brain, on our brain. Um, but certain things. So for example, and all of these take such a short period of time to do. So it doesn't take time. So if you have kids, a lot of these things you could do with your children, right? So, and you could do with your team, uh, or you can train your team to do these things to win that first hour of the day. So number one, um, in actually no specific order, things like remembering your dreams. Did you know that when you sleep, you will spend about 20 years of our life uh, sleeping about three to five years dreaming. And when we're dreaming, you know, we come up with inspiration and, and treasure that, um, in fact, a lot of things in culture, the arts, inventions came from dream states. So Mary Shelley created Frankenstein in her dream. Uh, Paul McCartney came up with the song yesterday in his dream. Elias Howe created the sewing machine in his dream. A chemist dreamt of the periodic table. What are you dreaming of as an entrepreneur? And But you're not taking time to remember your dreams. So we, uh, we talk about different things you could do to remember your dreams. That's a very popular podcast episode that uh, we did. And, uh, you know, even recording it, writing things down, having a dream journal by your bed, right? The second thing I do is I make my bed. And uh, you're thinking, what does that have to do with your brain? Well, your brain, first of all, loves a clean environment. And you know this, you clean your desk off or you your desktop, everything is in the right folder. It, it releases uh, an immense amount of energy. Right. And so your brain loves that clean environment. So start with your bed. Plus coming back full circle, it's great to come back to a clean, you know, made well-made bed. But besides that, we know that excellence is a habit, that how you do anything is generally how you do everything. And by taking one minute or two minutes to make your bed, you know, there's a reason why they do that in the military with the angles and centimeters, because they bring excellence to it. And you want to bring excellence to other areas of your life, but start your day with excellence. And again, these two things you get to do with your kids out for breakfast, you could ask them about their dreams. You know, you can encourage them and turn, make a game out of making your bed. Then I, what I'll do is I'll hydrate because your brain is mostly water, 75% water. And just staying hydrated will boost your reaction time and your thinking speed upwards of 15, 30% which is extraordinary advantage, right? Because we can lose up to a pound of water at nighttime through respiration, through perspiration. So when you wake up, have that glass of water, right? I'll also take my probiotics at that time because you know I believe that your gut is your second brain also as well. A few other things that I'll do. And I'm curious that if people take a screenshot of what they're listening to and tag us both in it and, and share what their morning routine is, I'd love to see those. I'll actually repost some of my favorites. We'll actually gift a copy of Limitless to, to one person as a thank you for just being active in your learning. I believe learning is not a spectator sport. And uh, the more active we are, and then plus by teaching it to other people, your friends, your family members on social media, your fans, your followers, you get to learn it better also right? Because when you teach it, you get to learn it twice. Um, another thing I do is I'll, I'll do my quick workout. Um, and it's not my full workout. Uh, I do my full workout later in the afternoon, but there was a study done. Jim, is it, 
K-W-I-K workout? It, it is a quick workout. I like that. K-W-I-K. Yeah. Even when you're tagging us on uh, social <laughs> media, it's at Jim Quick. Quick one. really is my last name. I didn't change it to do what I do. It's my father's name, my grandfather's name. You could say my life, my, my destiny was pretty much planned out. I teach people how to read faster, recall things faster, learn faster, think faster, focus faster. Um, so going back to my the workout, there's a study done at Appalachian State University that said, uh, for weight management and deeper sleep, when's the best time to exercise? Is it in the morning, afternoon, or evening? And they tested groups at 7 a.m., 1 p.m., and 7 p.m. And uh, they found actually 7 a.m. was the sweet spot oh. that it doesn't have to be your full workout. It can be just two or three minutes. Uh, get your heart rate going, your metabolism kicking in. Um, you know, what's good for your heart's generally going to be good for your brain blood flow, gives you oxygen, but also they found that these individuals that did their workout in the morning at 7 a.m., again, doesn't have to be your full one, but just a few minutes, they got upwards of 75% deeper sleep, which is extraordinary. You know, and people ask about when and we could talk about sleep, it's not just the quantity. You know, people think it should be just eight hours. It's different for every person, just like we're all bio-individual when it comes to our diet and everything else. Um, and you know, hormonal expression, and there's so many different factors of our chronotype, you know, our time type, the archetype that we have. But it's also, it's, uh, it's your workout there will actually help you to be, be able to get better sleep, which will help you kickstart your whole an entire day. So that, that's just very, very important. And again, it only takes a few minutes. You can do a few minutes of jumping jacks, uh, some burpees, some, some push-ups, just kind of get your, your, your heart rate going. And uh, getting that exercise in. And then just a few more other things, talking about habits. Um, brush your teeth and thinking, what does that have to do with my brain? Um, I encourage people to brush their teeth with their opposite hand. Um, and the reason why is, first of all, as your body moves, your brain grooves. As your body moves, your brain grooves. You create uh, different connections. Um, there was a study that at Oxford University that said jugglers, just the act of learning how to juggle, actually build bigger brains. They create, jugglers actually create more white matter. And you can do that at any age or stage of your life, um, which is remarkable. So just using your opposite hand will stimulate a different part of your brain. But the other reason I do it is that I encourage people to do this for the past 20 plus years is because it forces you to be present. You know, I believe one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs today is distraction. You know, Every ring, ping, ding, like, share, comment, cat video is driving us to distraction. And how are we going to get things done and get through our to-do list if we can't focus, right? And part of what I want to remind everybody is you do not have focus. And you might be thinking, yes, that's my problem. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I do not have any focus, right? I have shiny objects everywhere. But you do not have focus. You do focus. I like that. Okay, because it's not a noun, treat it as a verb. And when you take nouns and turn them into verbs, it gives you your autonomy back because it gets, turns it into a process and you have agency, meaning you do not have focus, you do not have energy, you do not have motivation, you do not have creativity. You do these things and there's things you could do to enhance these. And so you do not even have a memory. You know, you actually do a memory. There's a process of encoding, storing, and retrieving. And once you understand how your brain works, you can work your brain. When you understand how your memory works, you can work your memory. And so going or talking about uh, exercising using your opposite hand, then it actually forces you to be present because focus is like a muscle. 
you know, one of the things that I'm sure a lot of your listeners and readers do is they meditate, you know, very, you know, it's, it's great for exercise, mental exercise, meaning, and I meditate every day for 20 minutes. And for people who are saying, I'm too busy. I don't have 20 minutes. If you're so busy, you don't have 20 minutes to disconnect, to reconnect, then you should probably meditate for an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I meditate, but I don't meditate to, for enlightenment. My purpose of meditation is when my thoughts go somewhere, which they invariably will, I bring it back to my breath. I bring it back to a mantra. I'm exercising and flexing my focus, right? And that shows up when I'm reading, that shows up when I'm studying, that shows up in a sales meeting, right? Or right, you're, they have to make videos or anything else, your focus that shows up in conversations. So you get to flex those because what do people normally do? The first thing when they wake up, they grab their what? They grab their device, yeah. right? They grab their phones. And this is really important. And I have this video on Facebook, 37 million views, just saying, don't touch your phone the first 30 minutes of the day. All right. Because when you wake up and this is a big takeaway, I believe and having worked with, you know, some pretty notable individuals that successful people, they have a to-do list, but they also have a not to-do list and things that are non-negotiable, things they won't touch. Right. And I would encourage everyone to test this out for yourself and just don't touch your phone for 30 minutes in the morning. And I know it's, it's easier to say than it is to do, but here's why. When you wake up, you're in this relaxed state of awareness. You're extremely suggestible. And if the first things you're doing is grabbing your phone, you're rewiring your brain for two things that's disrupting your productivity, your performance, your peace, your prosperity. Number one, you're rewiring your brain for distraction. As I talked about, you know, every like, share, comment, cat video, right? It's getting this dopamine flood along the learning motivation centers of your nervous system. And you wonder why you can't focus later in the day because you start your day off by flexing your distraction muscles, right? But not only that, you're not only rewiring your brain for distraction, you're rewiring your brain for something almost, almost as, as, as destructive, which is you're rewiring your brain to be reactive. And you know this, you pick up your phone and all of a sudden you have all these messages, social media messages, voicemail messages, text messages, you know, emails, whatever. And all of a sudden you're on the defense and you could be fighting fires Right. And you're ready, right. All of a sudden you're behind the eight ball and you haven't even started your day yet. And you're just reacting to everything as opposed to being proactive. Right. And you know, you can get one voicemail message or text message and can hijack your mood for hours, if not the entire day. Right. And leaders can't afford to do that today. And that's the big challenge because leadership, it's, it's all about being a thermostat, not a thermometer. I mean, you think about a thermometer, a thermometer, it's only function that it reacts to the environment. That's all it does. It reacts. And sometimes human beings, we react, we react to the weather, we react to the economy. We can react to politics, react how clients treat us. But in actuality, a thermostat doesn't react to the environment. A thermostat gauges the environment intelligently, it knows what's going on, right? It knows the temperature. But then it, what, what does it do? It sets a temp new temperature or it sets a goal or a vision, a standard, whatever it is, and the environment reacts to it. And so um, you don't want to start your day by just reacting to all the messages. You know, our friend Brendan Burchard, who wrote the Motivation Manifesto, says your inbox is nothing but a convenient organizational system for other people's agenda for your life. Ah, right. Yeah. You don't want to just, just react to everything. And so for me, I like to instead 
do these other activities? Like what if people just got out a piece of paper in the morning and just wrote down, you know, imagine this thought experiment for everyone. Everyone could do this. Imagine you're finishing your day and somebody asked you how your day was and you're like, it was amazing. And today was incredible. I won today. I crushed it. Then ask yourself, what had to happen in order for me to say those words, you know, and then work backwards from that. And like say, what three things personally, three things professionally happened that day that you just felt like it was, it was successful. And then they don't have to be huge things either. Maybe it's saying, Hey, I'm going to take time to do just an 18 minute walk, you know, around my neighborhood. Right. Or maybe I'm going to make that difficult, that one difficult call that's been on my to-do list. Right. And so, and then work backwards from that. And so I'd rather people start their day proactively and people go on our, we have a podcast, right? It's only 15 minutes long. And I talk about in detail more of my morning routine about the, the supplements, the, the brain foods, about, you know, different things you could do to really get the most out of it. But my main thing, the reminder for everybody, it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It actually will make you time, but make these choices wisely, right? And including one of the things I do that I've been doing since 2013, when I met Wim Hof, we spoke at an event in Boston together, just cold showers. You know, it's remarkable for your nervous system. It's uh, it's like a reset for my, my nerves. It actually energizes me more than coffee does. And even better than that, you know, it's also getting yourself to do difficult things. You know, we all know about cold therapy. You, you bang your knee on the coffee table. What do you do? You put ice on it because it reduces swelling, reduces inflammation. Well, our body and our brain is part of our body has swelling and inflammation that could lead to challenges, you know, fog and disease and everything else like that. So cold therapy, but the other reason you do like a cold shower, plus you could save time because you're not going to want to be in that shower very long. So it's actually saving you time is, um, you get you getting yourself to do difficult things. You know, it's been my experience and this is my entering my 30th year of coaching, I mean, as a brain coach. And I, I've noticed that if you just do the easy things in life, which is procrastinate, you know, binge Netflix, you know, put things off, then life gets very hard, you know, it might be in the moment kind of like, you know, comfortable, but the comfort zone is a nice place to visit, but not much grows there. Right. Can we, can we just be real about this? And uh, while the beauty is in the butterfly, the growth has happened in the cocoon. And I think by taking a cold shower as an example, or brushing your teeth with the opposite hand or doing something that's a little bit more difficult and challenging yourself. If you do the easy things in life, life gets difficult. But if you do the difficult things in life, life gets a whole lot easier right? If you're able to bear the cold, you know, and intelligently, you know, use your own wisdom and, you know, and so everyone get a health mm -hmm. practitioner to coach you on this, but if you could bear it and get comfortable being uncomfortable, maybe you could have that, that difficult conversation with one of your employees, right? Or yeah. speak on stage, even though you're really nervous because you've pushed past a certain, you know, pain point. Well, one thing that you also mentioned was that the brain is malleable. And as you, as you continue to change and do new things, it rewires itself. So this is one mm. thing I'm assuming that can help you in doing other things like you're saying. Absolutely. There's a huge serendipity, you know, and multiplier effect that um, getting in the habit of showing up for yourself is the ultimate habit. The habit of showing up for yourself when you say, that's why I love reading. You know, we do these uh, challenges all year round, one book a week, hashtag one book a week. And we're known for helping people to read 52 books a year, right? And not only read it, but understand it better, focus, reply, remember. And, you know, reading is such a great gateway habit 
Or if you could get yourself to show up and open up a book and read, you know, X amount, then what else can you do? Right. That's very true, man. All right. So with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and just people in general, mm-hmm. we get overwhelmed. What is it that you suggest that we do to recharge? Because that's a that's a big piece to this. Not only are we losing sleep as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. we're eating bad, right? We're not yeah. taking time for ourselves, but we also forget to recharge. What does that look like for you? Yeah, I believe when people feel burnt out or exhausted, right? People complain about that a lot. Uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, they they say that oh, I, I'm burnt out, and it's often because they feel like they're doing too much. And I'll, I'll maybe give people maybe switch this around a little bit. Maybe you're not burnt out because you're doing too much. Maybe you're burnt out and exhausted because you're doing too little of the things that light you up, that make you come alive. You know, people talk a lot about passion and purpose, and we could talk about how I personally define those things, you know, but if you could, if you, if you love what you do or find the love in what you do, love what you do or discover the love in what you do, you could add five days to your week. (laughs) Most people look forward to just those, you know, the weekend, you know, but you can gain five days a week, just loving what you do or doing what you love. And for me, passion is something that lights you up, you know, you know, and for me, it was never learning when I was a child, because even though when people see me, you know, I can be in front of a good quarter million people live every year in a normal year um, at events and uh, in total. And I'll do these demonstrations while I'll have a hundred people stand up and I'll memorize all their names as they are introducing themselves or an audience will give me a hundred random words or a hundred random numbers and I'll recall them forwards and backwards. I always tell people, Tristan, that I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's truly possible. Because the truth is, every single person in this conversation, you know, they could do that and a lot more. You know, we just weren't taught how to do those things. You know, like what if you were born with the ultimate superpower, but nobody told you you had it and nobody showed you how to do it? You know, so regardless of your age, your background, your career, everybody can improve these areas. We just weren't taught. It's like going to somebody saying, focus. Or remember this. It's like going to somebody and saying, play the ukulele. So somebody who's never pl- taken a class on how to play the ukulele. Nobody's ever taken a class called concentration. Nobody's taken a class on effective decision making. Nobody's taken a class on memory. You know, and that's, that's why I wrote this book and we do our podcast to bring these simple little techniques in, into people's lives that not only do they not take time, they make time and they're incredibly enjoyable. So to my advice to somebody who feels like they're burning out, they're depleted, they need to energize themselves is to do an audit on your life. You know, on a scale of zero to 10, how is your diet? You know, we talk about best brain foods and, um, you know, avocados, blueberries, broccoli, olive oil. Uh, if your diet allows eggs, the choline in eggs is good for your brain. Green leafy vegetables like kale and spinach. Um, wild salmon, If though, for those of those listening who eat fish, wild salmon, sardines. Your brain is mostly fat, so getting those omega-3s, those DHAs. Turmeric, great brain food, helps to lower inflammation. Walnuts and almonds, the vitamin E is very neuroprotective. Dark chocolate, really wonderful. Um, not milk chocolate, sugar, you know, all that, but just dark chocolate. And water. Now on the water. And water. Water. Absolutely. Hydration, as we talked about. You know, it's it's so important just staying hydrated. And on top of that, um, 
you know, so rate yourself zero to 10. How's, how's your diet? Because on the other side, what's detrimental to our brain, fried foods, pro- heavy processed foods, sugar, it wreaks havoc, you know, on cognitive health. Um, so rate yourself. You know, another thing you can rate yourself is how much you're moving throughout the day. Simple things on scale of zero to 10. How much movement am I getting in? You know, I recommend every 30 minutes to move. They call it the Pomodoro technique. They say that after about 25 to 30 minutes, there's a dip, big dip in your focus and concentration. And so I recommend everybody listening to, to work in good 25, 30, maybe 45 minutes spurts and take a five minute brain break, you know, just five minutes. Don't take like a 45 minute break, but like a five minute break. And what are you doing? First, you're moving as your body moves, your brain grooves, you know, go for a walk. Um, if you, if you're, if you're stuck in your thinking, often we have a stuck body also as well, but what else can you do? Hydrate if you haven't been hydrated and then find another thing, breathing. A lot of people are, they, they, they fall asleep when they read or they fall asleep on the computer because their posture is just so poor and they will be, uh, they're, they'll be collapsed, right? And the lower one third of your lungs absorbs two thirds of the oxygen. So if you're tired, maybe you're just not getting enough oxygen to your brain. And so, so do some deep breathing, some alpha breathing or some box breathing or Wim Hof breathing, fire breathing, whatever. Everyone has different breathing techniques, right? So you could do those things, you know, so you could rate your, your sleep zero to 10. How well are you sleeping? And if, if you have challenges in that area, because sleep is essential for long-term memory. That's where you consolidate short to long-term memory. Uh, it's where you clean up plaque that leads to brain aging challenges. Um, I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's when I was going through my brain injury when I was five years old, having all these learning challenges, taking, it took me three years longer to learn how to read. And when I was nine, a teacher pointed to me and said, that's the boy with a broken brain. You know, it's this kind of, this got a lot of, a lot of, in my mind, I felt like I had a lot of, a lot of trauma, three traumatic brain injuries and so on. But my grandmother passed at the same time. And so that's why we donated hundred percent of the proceeds of Limitless, our book to um, Alzheimer's research for women, because women are twice as likely to experience Alzheimer's than men. Yet most of the research is done on male brains and treatments done on male brains. We also use, uh, you know, we've built, dedicated multiple uh, six figures to building schools around the world for children who have zero access to education in Guatemala, Kenya, Ghana. Uh, we also pay for their health care, clean water, because that often keeps uh, children from going to school. You know, I believe part of the success for me is you learn so you could earn so you could return. You learn to earn so you have more to be able to, to return to the world. And so, you know, our goal is really is really big on purpose. Our mission is to build better brains and so people can have their brightest life. No brain left behind. But if you feel burnt out, find out what lights you up and that's your passion. For me, learning wasn't my passion until I learned at age 18 how to overcome these challenges and how to compensate and I started to teach others. One of my first students, she was a freshman in college. She read 30 books in 30 days, which is remarkable. Imagine being able to go online on Amazon buying 30 books and you read them, not skim or scan, but really understood them. And I wanted to find out not how she did it. I taught her how she did it, but I want to know why, you know, what was her, what was her emotion? What was the purpose? And I found out her mother was dying of terminal cancer and the books she was reading were books to save her mom's life. Doctors just gave her mom only a couple months to live, 60 days or so, and she ended up doing so. And that's when I realized that if knowledge is power, learning is our superpower. And I, I found my, my purpose. So I think passion is what lights you up. Purpose is how you use your passion to light other people up. So my passion is learning. It lights me up. 
teaching people how to learn is my purpose, lighting them up. And so I, to the person who feels they need to recharge their battery, trust yourself that self-care is not selfish, you know, and maybe it's not your food because somebody, somebody could eat a lot of processed meals and they're in a food coma, you know, that could affect your, your energy levels for sure. Also, you know, people could be stressed. Stress takes an immense amount of energy out of your system, right? So mitigate that stress. That's why meditation is, it could actually give you performance. Energy vampires, we talk about a positive peer group, that it's not just your neurological networks or your, or your biological networks, it's our social networks. Who we spend time with is who we become because we have these things, they say we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with, right? Yeah. But the reason why, from a science uh, standpoint, we have these mirror neurons, in our nervous system and the purpose of the mirror neurons is to imitate the people around us. Mm. And that's why you see people who've been together a long time. They start looking like each other. They, they talk like each other. Ah. I always tell people to watch W A T C H. I, I use a lot of acronyms. W watch your words. That's what W stands for. You watch your words, the A your actions, the T and watch your thoughts, the C your character, your H and watch habits as we talked about first you create your habits then your habits create you but we start absorbing those and adapting those other people around us they say if you're around nine broke people be careful because you're going to be number 10 right and so a positive peer group but sometimes that person is our family member or a good friend that could suck all the energy from us you know, and that's a big challenge because those energy vampires, they could care about you, but they could be thinking, why are you listen to another podcast? Why are you always reading that, you know, success magazine or why are you always doing, you know, like going, going to those events and stuff like that? They could have good intent. Maybe they don't want to lose you. Maybe they don't want you to get your hopes up. They could be sincere, but they could be sincerely wrong. Right. So all those could be managed. So it's not just about time management. It's about energy management. Right? It's about priority management also. Mm. Priority management is, here's the thing, and everyone please write this down. The most important thing is to keep the most important thing the most important thing. <laughs> the most important thing when it comes to priority priorities is to keep the most important thing the most important thing. And I would suggest that a lot of people are burnt out or, or, or they need to recharge because they're saying yes way too much right? Because they don't like the opportunity stress or their FOMO and they're agreeing to things. And all of a sudden they have all these tabs open on their computer metaphorically, right? And even if they're minimized, it still takes up energy. It still takes up space. And you wonder why you're exhausted. Maybe you're not exhausted. Maybe you're just overcommitting yourself. And part of self-care is not just going to the spa and getting a massage. Part of self-care is setting borders and boundaries in your life. Meaning when you say yes to somebody or something, remember not that you're not saying no to yourself and putting borders and boundaries around the things you treasure, your time, your emotions, you know, your heart, your mental health. Dude, well, we've got just two minutes left. And what you just said really resonated with me because there was another thing you said, and I don't know at which point, <laughs> I listened to a lot of your podcasts. Okay. You said external words become a child's internal words. That was super powerful for me because I, I tell people the same thing. And yes. I think it's even more impactful for our kids because they're watching us. They're doing everything. They're really doing everything for us because that's who they're looking up to. So yeah. when you're talking about, hey, take time to work on your mind, take time to create a better you. You're right. It's, it's not being selfish 
And what a wonderful gift to be able to express a better life to our kids, right? I believe that a lot of people come to me and they say, Jim, I'm just too old or Jim, I'm not smart enough or Jim, I have a horrible memory. I always say, stop. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. They're yours. And here's the thing. Your brain is this incredible supercomputer and your self-talk, it is the program it will run. So if you tell yourself, I'm not good at remembering people's names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you're programming your supercomputer not to. Your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. If people truly understood how powerful their mind is, they wouldn't say or think something they didn't want to be true. And that's not to say you have one negative thought and it ruins your life any more than eating that one donut will ruin your life. But if you do it consistently, it really has a, it really has a toll. Like when I was nine years old and I was slowing down the class and a teacher pointed to me and said, that's the boy with the broken brain. I wasn't born with this idea, right? I was a blank slate. It was imprinted on me through my environment, through my experience. And everybody has that, you know, and it's interesting because I started to use that language myself. Every time I did badly on a quiz or a test, which was pretty often, or I wasn't picked for sports, which was definitely pretty often, and I'll say, oh, it's because I have the broken brain. And all of a sudden, that language. So adults, you're right, have to be very careful of their, their external words because they become a child's internal words. And so, you know, regardless of where we are, we don't want to complain or blame. And we all grew up, you know, with our own scripts and our own stories. But what are you going to do today? You know, maybe our environment or experiences, external things shaped who we are in the past. But who are we going to choose to be today? You have your to-do list. But do you have a to-feel list? Like, what if you woke up in the morning and say, these are the three emotions I want to cultivate today. Gratitude, playfulness, right? Humor, or love, compassion. A lot of people, when they're faced with a decision or a dilemma, they automatically say, what do I need to do? What if you took a breath and instead say, who do I need to be, right? Because if you're going to be compassionate, the behaviors are going to take care of itself. That's true. So what's on your to-do list, but also what's on your to-be list today, right? And here's the thing, like we're all on this path together. We're here to be able to realize and reveal our fullest potential. And I truly believe that there is a version of ourselves that we haven't met yet. And our goal is to keep showing up for ourselves every single day until we're introduced. Dude, what a beautiful way to end it. Thank you for that. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Jim, thank you so much. How do people reach out to you? Do you have a, a course for, for yeah. the things that you teach? Where can we find you? We have courses for entrepreneurs, certainly at quicklearning.com, kwiklearning.com. And mainly on social media, if you, the links to our podcast, uh, we've done over a couple hundred shows. We were, we're very grateful. We have thousands of five-star reviews. Um, one of the top education shows on, on iTunes. Um, our book, Limitless, limitlessbook.com. When you go there to purchase the book, 100% of the proceeds go to charity. And uh, not only that, but uh, you get a 10-day speed reading memory, kind of a starter kit, because I want you to, when the book arrives, for you to read it, because most people won't, you know, don't, they don't read their books. And so you could go to limitlessbook.com. And the big thing is, all these links are, again, are, are in my Instagram, at Jim Quick, KWK. I would challenge everyone with one small, simple step. You know, I believe inch by inch, it's a cinch, yard by yard, it's way too hard. So take one piece of action, take a screenshot of this conversation right now and whatever platform you're listening to it and, uh, and tag Tristan, tag myself, 
uh, you know, tag the, you know, whoever's involved here and just share one thing you're going to do for your better brain. When you post it and you tag us so we get to see it, post one thing that you're going to do for a better brain. Maybe it's, I'm going to go to sleep an hour early today. Maybe it's, hey, I'm going to do that three minute exercise every morning. Maybe I'm going to brush my teeth with the opposite hand or try that cold shower thing or not touch my phone for, can't do 30 minutes, but maybe 15 minutes, right? Maybe I'm just going to commit to reading 30 minutes a day. You know, just reading 20 pages a day, that equates to 30 books a year. And that will give you a PhD, MBA in any subject. So post it so we see it. I'll repost some of my favorites because you'll tag us in it so we get to see it. And then I'll gift out a signed copy of The Limitless to one person just as a thank you for, for playing along. Dude, I love that. Thank you for your time, Jim. I'll reach out to you too to bring you into other things. We appreciate you. Appreciate you too. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.